Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Orphan First Kill, the inexplicable sequel, scratch that, prequel to Orphan from 2009 about a little girl who uh, goes to live with a family and it turns out that she's not a little girl. She's actually a 30-year-old woman from Eastern Europe, and she's going to go on a killing spree. And it's a completely insane movie, and now we have a prequel where the same actress has returned uh, 13 years later to play her younger. Um, This movie's nuts. And joining me to talk about it is Chad Clinton Freeman. He's back on the show. It's been a while since Chad's been with us. We have a really fun conversation coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. While you're there, uh, maybe drop us a little five-star rating, and of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Also, don't forget, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where we post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. Lots of great stuff. Patreon.com slash Rosen. We appreciate the support, but of course, just keep listening and sharing the show and sending us in your puzzle pieces. Now, let's talk about Orphan First Kill. Chad Clinton Freeman's back with us for the first time in a while, actually. (laughs) We're going to talk about Orphan First Kill. Chad, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. I am happy to be back on the show. Yeah, it's been been my longest time away from the show, I think. I I can't remember if it was the Batman or if it was the Chainsaw episode, but way back early in the Chainsaw was earlier. Yeah. Yeah, we did we did that one. God, who remembers that movie? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, th- this will be a fun one though. This is going to be uh, completely ridiculous. You know, before we start getting into puzzle pieces and all that stuff, how big a fan of the first one were you of of Orphan, the ridiculous, uh, <laughs> creepy kid movie? I loved the original Orphan movie. I did. Um, yeah. I thought it was yeah. uh, fantastic, and. I was excited for this one. I know a lot of people were like, what? This isn't going to be any good. And I'm, I was excited for it. You know, it's a great character, uh, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, she's, she's a lot of fun. Uh, Esther's just fabulous. Uh, so, um, it, it, it was 
like, how are they going to pull this off? How are they going to do a prequel when she's actually 13 years older than she was in the original one? There were a lot of questions sure. about that. A lot of people thought that they yeah. were going to de-age her. They don't really go that route, which I think no. works <laughs> in its favor. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few shots where it's like, like, what are they doing? <laughs> you know, but for the most part, it does work, though, because it, it was already weird in the first exactly. one. Like, there was really no no telling how old she actually was in that first one and so right. it was it was it was weird i also couldn't remember going into this if that actually was a twist or if we knew that from the trailers like i i was trying to place where we were when the first orphan came out so yeah so the first one that was the big twist yeah so you yeah you assume that this actually was a kid and you didn't know until mm-hmm. very late into the film um and yeah you know that that movie really i guess kind of launched uh i don't remember if it's our first movie or not but isabel Furman, who plays esther and she's a wonderful actress she is she's she's done some great work since then uh i don't know if you've seen the novice but the novice was one of my favorites of last year very very yeah i remember you talking about it so i haven't seen it but i know that she has done some really interesting stuff since then and so i mean that's great that she's been able to uh you know continue uh you know moving her career along and doing interesting things and not just you know schlocky you know (laughs) kind of things but yeah the weird thing about my puzzle piece list is as i was like putting them together i was realizing some of these are kind of more about the first one than they are about the second yeah. one. Like I'm kind of like yeah, they, combining it in my head, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of an extension of that film anyway, in, in so many yeah. ways. So, I mean... It's a creepy kid movie, you know? We, we, we're, we're, we're getting deep into the creepy kid <laughs> subgenre here. So, well, yeah, the, and, and I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, honestly, a lot of my pieces are just kind of... Uh, they're either kind of connected in some way or, or yeah, like mm-hmm. you... It's kind of like a combination of is it this movie or is it just that movie? And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, some you. of mine are connected as well. So maybe we'll uh, kind of mix up the usual back and forth uh, format and kind of, you know, go from one to another and then we'll switch it up as we go. But uh, yeah, let's start uh, getting into some pieces here. What do you have for your first piece? Okay. So first piece, and I went back and rewatched this movie I last night. I hadn't watched it. Um, and probably since I saw it at the theater, um, and that's Fatal Attraction. Um, Fatal Attraction, of course, is like the godfather of psychological thriller movies. I mean, I, I can't Mm -hmm. remember if it was actually like the first one, but it was definitely the one that kind of set the blueprint for what psychological thrillers were. And that's very much what these uh orphan movies are 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 psychological thrillers. Very much a throwback to the to mm. the nineties. Um the things that I really keyed in on made me think fatal attraction though was um a couple of moments. Uh one is when Esther is sitting there in the art room and she's turning the light on and off. And it's oh, sure. it's becoming like violent. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just like you you feel her her anger from just that little thing of the light going on and off, on and off. Yeah, and that was very much um, uh, took me back to a fatal attraction because um, the Glenn Close character she's uh, sitting in her her room and she's just flipping the little light off and on. It's like one of those lamps with a 
little switch. It was just very sure, reminiscent yeah. of that. It's a great way to show that derangement. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, and then also the fact that uh, she kind of has this little pet, you know, a mouse in her room, mm-hmm. Esther, that she communicates with, and then it ends up dying. <laughs> And she puts it in the, the smoothie. Um, all yeah. of that just felt very fatal attraction with the rabbit. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, also in going back and rewatching Fatal Attraction, though, the finale when um, Michael Douglas uh, basically drowns uh, Glenn Close's character in the bathtub. Uh, and then mm. she pops up and the wife sure. shoots her. Um, and the wife, you didn't even realize she was like in the picture. So that reminded me of the reveal of when, uh, Esther, uh, you know, is killing the detective. And then all of a sudden yeah. it, that's when we get the reveal of the mom knows it's not Esther because she comes in and she pulls the trigger on uh, the detective. So there's those, which is a great, oh, yes, it's definitely, ab- definitely. absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that they were able to pull off in these dumbass movies to be able to pull off two really great twists two movies in a row i don't know that they could do it a third time but who the hell knows but yeah yeah um, it really took me by surprise I, for sure i was trying to figure out too how they would actually do a, a like a third one like an actual sequel to the the first film uh mm-hmm. where we left esther i don't know if that can actually happen but uh it sure. uh <laughs> there's always a way <laughs> yeah well, uh, that's a great piece to kick it off with. I mean, it's funny, like, I feel like the movie, you're absolutely right, like, as far as it being a psychological thriller, but I feel like it kind of toes the line between psychological thriller and, like, slasher movie in a way, where it's, like, body count driven, and, you know, how are we going to see Esther kill all these people? But but definitely, it's it's most definitely a psychological thriller, too. Y- you brought up Fatal Attraction as the godfather of psychological thrillers. I'll go back to possibly Godfather of creepy kid movies and go to the bad seed for my first. Oh piece. yes, definitely. You know, you can go back to the 56. I think it was the, the original um, of a creepy little shit kid with pigtails. <laughs> um, or, or you could take it to the 2018 lifetime version with McKenna Grace and Rob Lowe, um, a, any version of the bad seed, but uh, it, it, actually works better with this one than than the first orphan because at first i was thinking wait a minute am i thinking of the first orphan but uh this one you know it's in theory their own kid who is evil and you know going you know doing all this crazy shit so until of course the reveal with julia styles that uh that she knows what's going on and then it's everything's twisted on its head but you still have that creepy kid thing going on and the styling of the creepy kid to to make it all innocent and uh you know childlike takes you back to all of those kind of creepy child movies and i am glad you brought that one up because it has been forever since i've seen the bad scene i never saw the lifetime one i'm also glad you're bringing in lifetime uh <laughs> because yes sure. we watched the original right before the lifetime one came out uh i think it was 2018 and uh yeah a little better but yeah uh, yeah because i mean honestly I, I i feel fatal attraction was a big influence on lifetime movies in general uh oh god all of yes them. Every single yes one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but no yeah that 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 is one of the neat things about this uh, orphan first kill is that it is very much psychological thriller. It is very much a slasher. It is very much a, a creepy kid movie, but not. Uh, it's very exploitation, which 
I think all of that kind of uh, is where lifetime is on a watered down, you know, level these days. Yeah. But uh, no. Yeah. (laughs) What do you got for your next piece? I guess I'll just go ahead and go with this one because I was thinking of movies that were good movies that did not need sequels. Okay. So we could kind of use that as a category. Um, I did mm. specifically think of Saul because, you know, when Saul 2 came out, I was just like, why did they make a sequel to Saul 2? And how are they going to go, you know, move forward with, and of course they've made, you know, I, the 10, I think it's going to be, that's coming out. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe there's a way to keep going with Esther. I mean, uh, maybe Esther has, uh, you know, other protégés, like her uh, trained mm-hmm. us, uh, the, the girl that was trained kind of like a dog in the, the mental institution. Yeah. Um, sure. And of course, uh, the boy was the other one, which I did not even know yeah. until I went back to look. And I was like, wait. This is the same guy that did the boy in the boy yeah. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, um, it, there are, I'm sh- sure you could probably think of plenty, but there are lots of movies that were good movies that they didn't deserve a sequel, didn't need a sequel, but they got a sequel. This one somehow <laughs> it did work for me because I did really like it. Um, right. I didn't, I didn't think the boy two worked. I didn't think saw two worked. Overall, though, mm-hmm. I enjoy the Saw franchise. So, again, sure. hey, as long as they they make their money back, I guess <laughs> uh, we may see more Esther films. Uh, and this one didn't cost anything to make; it was like half a million. Oh yeah. So, yeah, that that that's kind of amazing because it doesn't look terrible. Like it looks it looks fine. But um, I you know what? I was gonna bring this up later, but since you're going with good movies that didn't need sequels, I actually had a category in my puzzle piece list, unnecessary prequels. <laughs> um, so I, I just wrote down a, a list. I haven't even seen all of these, but I was uh, just kind of like beautiful. writing down ones that I that I've like had seen right. listed over the years. Carlito's Way, Rise to Power. Never saw um, it. Ha- Hannibal Rising. Never saw it. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, nope. When Harry Met Lloyd. Uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, See, I didn't even see that one. I've seen none of these. Marley and Me, The Puppy Years. Wow. I, I, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> these movies just did not need to like happen. But And I would say the same for Orphan vs. Kill, but like you said, it actually turned out not bad so it's kind of surprising yeah. but most of the time when these things happen they're just completely unnecessary yeah yeah and that title the title itself first killed doesn't even make sense so i mean no it doesn't at all <laughs> yeah because you assume going in okay like we're gonna see the first time she kills somebody but we don't because they no. let us know immediately that basically stay away from her because you're yeah. gonna die. <laughs> so well, maybe that maybe that's what the next one is is further back prequel. Yeah, the, and we get actually, to actually the first, the first yeah. kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's the thing is that I, I, I assumed it was gonna be this would lead up to okay, here's the first time she killed. But no, she's clearly evil from the get go, which I was yeah, I was happy, straight up murderer. because uh, I didn't yeah. I didn't want it to be like uh you know uh the Rob Zombie Halloween uh <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. What do you got for your next um, one? Um. Oh, it, this is an this is another great movie. Um, I went back and rewatched it actually last night as well because I it, it, it popped in my head and I couldn't really remember a lot of details to actually talk about it. And that's Matchstick Man, the okay. Ridley Scott, and of course Nick Cage uh, movie. Uh, fantastic movie because I was thinking of oh, movies yeah. where basically you've got somebody that is a con artist that you they they become the con because that's what very sure. much this is you know uh, it, it switches from the predator becoming the prey and so I was just trying to think of, of, of movies great movies that that use that same sort of uh you know, idea. And so, uh, matchstick men, um, and it's hard to talk about this one cause it's one that I don't think should be spoiled too much, but sure. basically, you know, you've got, uh, Nick Cage's character who is this con man. Um, and he's finds out he has this daughter and, uh, then he kind of starts teaching her some of the, uh, ways of conning gets her involved in a con and uh, there's just some family secrets that I guess uh, are revealed. Uh, sure, good. good <laughs> and it works. It. it works so very well with, uh, you know, uh, the the actress that's in the movie, um, which I I don't know what happened with uh, Allison Lohman. Uh, I she, know she, she was in Drag she Me was, to Hell, and then just kind of disappeared. Yeah, she was in several great ones back then, and then all of a sudden, I. I'm not really sure where she ended up, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, really good movie. I uh, don't want to spoil too much about it, but, uh, it's, it's, it's one that works so fantastic. Uh, the, the, the twist, you know, um, like the original orphan, which hopefully people have already watched the first orphan before yeah. they see this one. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, magic men is a great movie. We actually covered it on, on, on uh, awesome movie year just so good and people should definitely check that out and uh yeah great piece there i, I i'm surprised i didn't think of it because i love that movie um, i see I, I i thought that was one you were gonna have for sure there's a yeah. couple that i'm like okay i know he's gonna bring these up <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> well uh i will go um with a movie that i think we thought was gonna be good but ended up not being that great um <laughs> but uh changeling the 2008 clint eastwood movie with angelina jolie mm. she's a, a woman whose missing child has returned to her but she is sure that it's not really her kid and uh nobody believes her and she's kind of painted to be crazy and um of course this is different because in this case the mom really does know it's not her kid but uh you know so that we definitely diverge from changeling in uh in in this movie an orphan first kill but um still that that uh idea that the the kid is brought back and it's not actually the kid um i'm sure there's other versions of this that could be pointed to, but that was the kind of the first one that came to mind for me as far as that like particular sub sub genre of right. this kind of thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. That it, I know I've seen many uh, through, through the years where um, it's somebody thinks it's their kid or it's, 
a kid pretending to be the kid or is it the yeah. kid? There's been, there, there's definitely been a lot of those and I couldn't think of any specific ones either. Uh, I know for that, sure there's a bunch of lifetime ones, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, and I actually hadn't seen that uh, Clint Eastwood movie. I somehow didn't see that one. I can't even think of when that one even actually came out. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that it was, it was like positioned as like a big, like, Oh, this is going to be an Oscar type thing. And then it just kind of came and went and nobody really talked about it ever again until this podcast. Nah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I probably shouldn't worry about going back and watching that. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. What do you, what do you got for your next one? Well, the next one would be a good one to, to kind of uh, go off of what I was just talking about with uh, matchstick men. Um, and that's hard candy. Mm, uh, sure. Uh, great. Uh, you know, psychological thriller also that uh has uh you know the predator becoming the prey uh just a great you know cat and mouse two people in a house uh movie um it's another one of those that you don't want to talk a whole lot about because it, it does spoil a bit of it you know ellen page i think that may have been her first film yeah that i'm pretty sure that was before juno um because i remember walking out of that movie just being like wow that was so great uh and i thought it was going to be huge and then it's it's kind of you know been kind of like a cult following but not really ever yeah i think it's become a cult thing yeah but uh no yeah that it's definitely you know and also you've got a, a a a younger actress um playing basically two parts within the one part, uh, same the way Esther is. Um, sure. Whereas she's the, you know, cute and innocent, but, but, you know, she's not really. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll combine a couple pieces, like speaking to that cute and innocent. And I kind of talked about it a little bit with the bad seed, but um, I would, I would bring a little bit of Wednesday Adams in here. From the Adams family. Um, oh yeah, you, Esther's you know, definitely yeah, a hundred percent. And then I'd also throw in Annabelle, the doll. Um, but you know, both of them just these horror characters that are, you know, kind of set up as these like cute and innocent girls who are actually you know evil in some way. You know, and Wednesday to a different degree. I mean, she's just fun evil. You know, <laughs> but right. uh, Annabelle being a straight up demon, and uh, Esther falls somewhere in between. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. and and Wednesday with the new Netflix movie looks like they're pushing it more into that very dark and evil direction. But Absolutely. yeah, you, you know, Wednesday previous uh, versions of Wednesday, specifically like the uh, Christina Ricci version, um, you know, she's she's uh, like you said, it's it's there's this e- evilness there, but it's not uh, as dark and twisted. Yeah, uh, as an Esther. No, yeah, it's sanded the, down up quite a bit. Right now, the yeah. new one maybe just from the trailers looking like maybe she is, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, no, that that that's uh, that's definitely a good one, and I know that that went into uh, the thinking of the filmmaker because uh, there's the one part where uh, Gunner's uh, friends actually call her Morticia. Sure. Uh, and I, they that was purposely to not be completely on the on the nose i think uh, yeah you know yeah. didn't want to call her wednesday because uh, that's <laughs> just too 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 much but call her morticia which doesn't even really it does 
bit. barely makes sense, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's good though. I mean, you know, kids, uh, young kids probably don't know the difference, you know. So oh yeah, kind of <laughs> fits. So what do you got next? Well, along that same same uh, line of thinking, I'll go with the good son. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, uh, which uh, good son's another one of those. Uh, great 90s psychological thrillers um of course uh, macaulay culkin elijah wood um this is a movie that i i need to go back and revisit um i love the good son it's a fantastic movie um and uh i i think there's kind of this theme also in these 90s uh psychological thrillers after fatal attraction where either the bad but yeah usually in the in those movies it's usually the bad uh person ends up falling to their death now i can't mm-hmm. remember or not if that's what happens with macaulay's character or not it seems like there was something to do with a well and then there was also the tree house i don't remember exactly how he died Didn't yeah, I, go think, back I and feel like he it. did i i feel like that's what happens he falls but i i, I could be wrong <laughs> I know Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which here's a way to throw out another piece. Sure. Uh, she Dies by Fallen, I believe Poison Ivy. Oh, Drew Barrymore, another great one. I believe She die, Dies by Falling. That's one I hadn't seen in forever. There's a box set, though, of the Poison Ivy movies that I need to get. Nice. Um, there was four <laughs> of those movies. I know the, I, I think I saw the second one. I, yeah. I think one of them's got Alyssa Milano in it. They're mm-hmm. awful. But I'm the sure. first one's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to get that box set. But um, yeah, it seems like a, a lot of times, um, you know, those movies ended with uh, people falling to their death. Now, the twist yeah. here is, of course, the see, she's kind of the villain, but kind of the hero in this. Movie. Right. Exactly. Uh, she becomes so, the hero in a, in a weird, dark, <laughs> strange way, like total but, uh, anti-hero. Yeah. So so uh I guess the bad people still do fall to their death. But yeah, uh, yeah no, that's definitely one of those themes of these kind of movies. Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, I'll, I'll go with a, a silly one for my next one here. Uh, I thought of Family Guy. Nice. And the way that Stewie Griffin is always trying to kill his parents, but it never works out. And there's that scene where Esther uh, tries to push the mom off the train tracks, um, but ends up getting pushed out of the way at the last second. And her plan, her plan is foiled, you know, and then like the rat in the drink and it doesn't right. you know, work out like there. There's all these ways that she's trying to kill her, her mom, and it's just never quite working out. And I thought of Stewie Griffin. Um, she's kind of just shows just how ridiculous this movie is. I, I, I guess while we're at it, I mentioned this in our trailer episode, but, um, having Isabel Furman back to play herself younger, um, I'll, I'll add in here, wet, hot American summer, first day of camp in which the entire cast of wet, hot American summer comes back to play themselves a little bit younger. So, uh, (laughs) got two TV shows in there for you. No, the 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 Stewie, uh, it, that that that's a nice one because yes, because Stewie, um, he's he's very much like mature for many, you know, <laughs> mature baby. Yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. I mean, he he really is, um, and he's he's almost like he is a baby that has the mind of like an unhinged like mental patient in a way so i mean that that definitely fits with esther (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um yeah no i mean that that's that's this 
such the weird thing though is that like when you start to think about the layers here that are going on so the, the actress is like in her 20s she's playing a character that's in her 30s that looks like she's supposed to be 10 so yeah. <laughs> and at the time of the first one they just had a a 10 year old playing this 30 year old who looks like she's 10 you know so it's like there's so many different you know just weird things here going on yeah. um and i just wonder how how odd that is uh for for her as an actress oh uh, I'm sure it's a very weird role, role. yeah <laughs> absolutely a, lo- a lot of, a lot of uh, strange mental prep work must have gone into this thing now the odd the odd thing though that i thought was is that i'm like okay she's older playing the part now they can they can push this film in directions that they didn't the first one but honestly the first one pushed it more like the with the dad and 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 the daughter like the sexual tension that got pushed mm-hmm. more in the first film than it did in this one which yeah and it's it, it's there in this one but yeah. it's definitely more in the first one yeah which i thought was odd that like yeah. they could have gone there more this way and they didn't but yeah yeah, that'll cut. Co- that'll come up more in one of my future puzzle pieces. But uh, ah. what, what do you have here next one, though? Well, you brought up a fun one. Uh, this goes in good with that one. Um, I was just thinking of <laughs> this. This really, really silly and awful uh, exploitation movie called The Sinful Dwarf. Um, it's uh... <laughs> boy, <laughs> yes. It, it's an actual dwarf that uh, lives in like this hotel with his mother. It's like a really rundown uh, hotel, and uh, of course they have you know women guests, and he spies on them, and he like drugs them and keeps them to do as he pleases with them. And uh, mm. it's just a very, <laughs> very, very uh, like awful movie in so many ways but at the same time it's also very just laughable um yeah it's like uh uh the 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 it was put out like by severin um you know mm, on dvd yeah. and i believe they put it on blu-ray too and of course they put it out as oh this is an x movie i don't think it was ever rated or anything like that it's not like pornographic but it's just very uh one of those uh you know, dirty uh, exploitation movies that's just very, very exploitive because, yes, it's a dwarf and he's playing the sinful dwarf. And yeah, um, <laughs> this one just made me think of that one because how many movies do we have that, okay, so this one isn't really a a killer kid, but it's a killer, it's a killer dwarf? I mean, there's not a right. lot of movies, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually like thinking like I don't know of any examples, but there's got to be some exploitation, like really dirty kind of movies that like, you know, take this particular, you know, kind of story in Orphan or Orphan First Kill with like a, a little girl who infiltrates a house, right. uh, you know, a, a, under the guise of being their lost daughter. And then things get, you know, ridiculous from there. But, right. you know, taking that more exploitative uh, kind of route instead of it being like a more mainstream horror like this is. Right. 
Well, and, uh, and you said something there, though, uh, infiltrates uh, their, their house. And, and honestly, that's kind of what this movie is. And I think this genre, in, in many ways, it's like a, a home infiltration where yeah. they come in and they, they want to replace somebody or mm-hmm. they want to um, become somebody or take over, you know, the, the, the place of somebody. And in this case, it's the daughter. And then she also wants to be, you know, she wants to take over for the mother, sure. uh, which part of what I really loved about this movie was that relationship, uh, hate, hate relationship that, uh, <laughs> the mother Julia styles has, uh, with Esther. Um, yeah, I think that worked really well. And I, I almost wanted more of that. This movie could have been a little bit longer and they could have worked in a little bit more between those two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I, I think that they could have had, you know, it goes back to the whole Stewie Griffin thing with his mom. Like they could have really been at each other's throats a lot more. Um, which Julia Stiles is so good in this that, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they, they could add a lot of fun with that. So I, I agree with you. I I'll go with the gypsy Rose Blanchard story. Um, whether you nice, go with the, nice. the act series or I love you to death, the lifetime movie, you know, everybody is, you know, fooled into thinking this this little girl is actually their daughter um except the mom knows um so you know you kind of have that uh and there's there's that hatred between the daughter and the mom um obviously with gypsy rose blanchard it's more you know a real reason for the hatred but uh it's a whole fucked up story for anyone who doesn't know it there's a documentary there's podcast it that story has been adapted so many times i would even throw in here the movie run from a couple years ago which i did not really like but i feel like was like the number one puzzle piece for that movie uh the gypsy richard story so and and that kind of digs into the munchausen by proxy thing which this movie doesn't necessarily do but um you know you still have that like we're just talking about the the whole mom daughter thing and just like the sick relationship between the two. So there there's a lot of parallels that could be drawn there. And I, I have a feeling that when uh, the first Orphan movie came out, uh, that was probably part of the inspiration too. Right. Yeah. No, the act was so good. Um, yeah. I I honestly, for whatever reason, didn't know a whole lot about uh, this. And I think it was the act I watched and I was like, wow. (laughs) And then I started getting into like these different documentaries and stuff about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, It's, 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 it's movies and, and stories like that though, that really let you know that this like orphan stuff, isn't that far fetched. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Yeah, apparently it's, there's more more than one real life story that actually inspired the first orphan movie of these like Eastern European kids who have like kind of like snuck their way in and it's just it's freaking weird. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Odd stuff. Uh yeah. what do you got next? Um I'll take this back to the killer kids mm-hmm. uh and uh the movie Mikey have you seen Mikey? I'm not sure. It's a fantastic killer kid movie. I think it's from the 80s. It may have been from the 
92. No, 90s, 90s, early 90s. Yeah, so this was one of those on on, on uh, VHS uh, that, you know, we've rented. And I remember just me, my brother, my sister, we all just love this movie. It's just so, at the time, so different because you actually see this kid committing these acts of violence uh yeah like hitting people in the head with baseball bats and things like that and it's just like it's so funny when it shouldn't be um yeah, sure. it's 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 just uh it's fantastic and basically he's, he he essentially does what uh esther does here and that he gets you know uh adopted and then he like kills everyone and burns down the house and then it's just like on to the next family and yeah. uh he's actually a little kid i forget what his whole backstory is but it's it's uh <laughs> some kids are else. just evil chad yeah you know it's just so, sometimes it just happens so yeah <laughs> mikey is definitely a recommend of the the killer kid um movies uh fantastic like i said it's it's one of those that's just like absolutely hilarious when it shouldn't necessarily be and maybe yeah. some people don't think it's hilarious, but it, it's hilarious <laughs> to me. I even rewatched sure. it a couple of years ago. I think it was on Prime or something. It may still be, but uh, yeah, it's great. We were laughing through both orphan movies, so I'm sure we'd be laughing through Mikey too. So you know, it's it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, definitely. I got my last piece here, uh, and I said that that relationship with the the daughter and the father would come back up. Um, this isn't a movie, although some might suggest that some of these count as movies, but uh, porn in the current age of America right now, there was an article recently about like what some of the like the most uh, searched for porn searches are in the last couple of years, and a lot of incest, a lot of stepdaughters, uh, a lot of Eastern European, a lot of weird family stuff, um, and this isn't exactly the podcast to dig into what exactly is going on and why why this is where porn searches are headed towards but um you know uh, i think that that idea that that that's what people are looking at more and more um probably lends itself to a movie like this yeah no I, that's the thing is that dysfunctional families i think is a part of basically a lot of great entertainment and yeah. i guess <laughs> I guess people take that a step. Let's further. call it entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because one of one of the things that came to mind in in me watching it, because one, I was like, "Man, Julia Stiles is great in this. Where has she been? And what's the last thing that she did that was great?" And and mm -hmm. um, I was like, "I don't, I can't remember her in anything." The last time I remember was like Dexter, and I was like, "Wait, Dexter." It yeah. kind of works here, and and her character also, uh, the, her character in Dexter, um, is kind of similar in this uh, this this movie as well. But it, Dexter, you know, is this dysfunctional family, um, so th that works in well with what we're talking about here. I just think, and even the Adams family is like the 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 classic dysfunctional sure. family. I just think that dysfunctional families and all their different levels, whether we're talking about a family that actually, uh, you know, is just different from normal and actually works as a as a family unit, and there's mm -hmm. actually love there, or families that 
there's abuse there, there's there's neglect there, or what have you. And I just think that that plays a huge piece in all like entertainment. And I guess that's heavily spilling over into porn these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but no, De- Dexter's a a good piece because also just the 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 family secrets that that's one of the the big things that that just comes into play through the years with Dexter including the most recent uh version of Dexter um and uh, without you know giving up too much in regards to where that goes um it just you know families and and secrets and hiding things and then also murder i think mm-hmm. that uh you know th- that uh is a, a a big part of of dexter and then also this movie here so yeah absolutely well do you have any other uh pieces you wanted to bring up before we wrap this thing up i i've got one that i, I thought you were going to bring up so i honestly didn't even write it down um uh, <laughs> but wow. uh uh titane or or however you say it titane however you oh sh- yeah sure titan <laughs> yeah yeah i i thought for sure you were gonna bring it up but the that fact would that, be good yeah, yeah. The, the fact that she uh pretends to be you know sees this picture of a missing person and then she's like okay smashes her face and like you know goes into pretending that she's this person that's been missing and then they accept them for who they are, knowing yeah. that that's not really them. I mean, it's, you know, that weird relationship there. Uh, yeah. So, um, because at first I, I thought that's the direction this was going to kind of go because immediately I, I felt that the mom and the, and the son did not, it, it, they, they knew something was up like the dad the dad didn't the dad's clueless here obviously a a 30 year old can trick the dad into thinking it's his daughter (laughs) and and i think maybe that's just because that that want of to have his daughter back is so strong that he's Mm -hmm. kind of blinded by that and i think that's what happens in these situations that's the end right yeah exactly um and uh i i think it's interesting though the way that they they toy with that uh that whole concept um but yeah no i, I thought that was uh, a, a good one that would definitely be mentioned i thought it was going to be your first piece out the gate yeah <laughs> <laughs> no you're right that i should have thought of that one that, so, that is great I, so I, love it. I didn't even write that one down but uh oh I, I i remember what i was thinking the um the the way this is shot i thought was really great the way that they use the force perspective uh with her of course they they have all the actors except for her in heels and Mm, then um they use a lot of high camera angles on her and then they use body doubles you know of of little kids um i think that they almost reveal a little bit too much of her too early on they could have done more with body doubles and stuff Mm. but i still appreciate the, the the force perspective that they use and that reminded me a lot of uh the movies of Charles Band, uh, specifically the Puppet Master movies. Um, oh, sure. It, it, you know, uh, Charles Band is a master of using force perspective. Uh, again, he's one, instead of using CGI, he's going to use uh, force perspective to cut down on costs. Um, mm-hmm. And they do that a lot here. Whereas if 
they wanted to, they could have just threw a whole bunch of money at this and, and did this all CGI like they did in stranger things. Uh, the, uh, the most recent season. Um, so. All right. Yeah, no, that that's a good one. And yeah, that that is a really cool way to, you know, work around having to do digital de-aging because we know that that wouldn't really work very well. And, you know, it, it's definitely better to do things this way, more practical and, uh, you know, kind of makes for, for a better film that way. Um, right. But yeah, no, great, great, great final piece there. Um, it, instead of the finished puzzle where I read down the list of everything we talked about, we talked about a lot of puzzle pieces. I'm going to end this by saying that my wife, Gina, was going to guest on this episode, um, but she she got a little busy and uh, she'll make her debut at some point uh, here on Piecing It Together. But she did email me a little list of what she was nice. thinking about. So I'm going to read some of these that we didn't already talk about okay. and uh, get your thoughts on them. Uh, but she wrote down Halloween and Michael Myers. Like we said earlier, it right. kind of does have some slasher elements to it. She brought up Nocturne, uh, which did we cover that? Did, were you my guest on that one? Wait, uh, wait, wait. It, I think this, she's thinking of The Lie because The Lie is one that I thought of. Nocturne is it, Nocturne we did cover, but the, okay. lie, the lie is the one where the parents cover up for the daughter so that's gotcha yeah. so they're, but they're yeah. but they're they were released at the same time they're exactly they're welcome to the blumhouse movies yeah yes the, yeah. yeah the 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 lie i think is the one she's thinking of but yeah no that okay. was a that was a good one okay yeah so there's that um she also had she's all that for the stairs scene and her transformation so i uh, i've never seen she's all that i've got that i own that movie but i've never watched it i don't know why i've never watched it but yes i need to watch it I haven't seen it in a million years. So, um, she of course wrote down Wednesday Adams, which we talked about. She also wrote down Lizzie Borden, um, which I think yes, which in there, which was a yeah direct uh, call out. But yeah, yeah. It, it, go when there's there's never been a good like Lizzie Borden movie. There is a mm -hmm. good movie called Lizzie though that um, is about yeah I remember that yeah. So that that's a good one, but it doesn't it didn't really work here. Yeah. Uh, the John Benet Ramsey movie, which kind of fits in with uh, some of those other true stories that we talked about. Right. Um, so you can throw that in there. Is, is that a Lifetime movie? I, I think there was one. I think there's like a regular movie and a Lifetime movie. Um, that, that's the kind of thing that'll get adapted over and over again, you know? Yeah. I, I saw the documentary where they like talk to people that are going to play the roles or something. It was very, very weird. Oh, um, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That looked really interesting. I, I never got to see that. She also put A Little Princess, which I don't know what that movie is. Um, but, I mean, just the title alone, it sounds like it makes sense. <laughs> uh, she had Poison Ivy on here, which you brought up earlier. And uh, the last one was The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window, the uh, recent parody <laughs> uh, movie of, of all of the, or actually series of all of the uh, kind of woman going crazy uh, subgenre of movies. And I, I think that could totally work in here. So... Uh, yeah, some good pieces. And she, of course, also, if she had had time to do the episode, was going to make a, a big list of Lifetime movies to include. So a, as we've nice. said, there's there's plenty. We, we brought up a yeah. couple during this, but uh, this is the kind of thing that happens all the damn time in Lifetime Right, movies, so. right. Yeah. No, yeah. it's very, very, very psychological thriller. And then also Lifetime, which I feel was a big influence on that, um, yeah. which Single White Female was one of the uh, other movies I was thinking. Another one of those 90s uh, movies that I absolutely love. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
what was I had some other one that oh um the lie uh, that made me think of uh, the deep end uh, mm-hmm. which is a great movie about a mom basically uh, trying to cover for her murderous son uh, okay it's a fantastic yeah. movie uh, with uh, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, nice. By the way, uh, you know, hopefully Josh and Jason don't mind me uh, revealing this uh, 40 minutes into an episode on Orphan First Kill, but uh, the Audience Choice episode of Awesome Movie Year for this current season, 1992, is going to be Femme Fatales with The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Basic Instinct, Poison Ivy, and Single White Female. Oh, nice. That's going to be a hell of a lineup. That's that's, that's a tough one for me because I really love uh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle, but I also really love Single White Female. Yeah. Um, which uh, I, I was going to mention this. The, I got two funny um, movie theater stories, basically, with my okay. parents. Uh, Fatal Attraction. I actually saw that at the movie with my dad. It came out when I was 13. I mm. don't know exactly why me and my dad alone <laughs> went to go see that movie. But I remember it was like one. on a Thursday night. Um, we went to see it and there was like hardly anybody in the theater. It's not the kind of movie my dad normally took me to. In fact, mm-hmm. our movies at the time, that was like, you know, an exception. <laughs> yeah. So so that was something, though, that my dad, um, he had brought up later to me. And, and the reason I had it on DVD, because it was one of his favorite movies. He oh, loved nice. that. He loved Basic Instinct. Um, mm. he, he was big into that genre. But, uh, yeah, no, that was just kind of a weird uh, movie theater experience <laughs> now just so happens i did see single white female in the theater with my dad and my cousin later and then hand the rocks the cradle me and my sister took my mom to i don't know why or how that happened or how that worked but uh my mom she doesn't like scary movies and to this day she brings that up she's like y'all told me it wasn't gonna be scary that movie was scary <laughs> so family friendly thing. entertainment <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um it, but scary. no it, it, i love 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 those movies i love the the weird uh you know uh home invasion or or home infiltration as you put it uh yeah those those kind of movies and i guess that's why i have found myself um i enjoy lifetime movies i don't go out of my way to watch them i could i could probably subscribe and would probably watching them all the time but um they are fun they are enjoyable of course from time to time i'll see them uh for cheap on voodoo and i'll 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 buy them and then my my brother he has my voodoo and he's like Killer Garage Sale, is that a good one? <laughs> yes, it like, actually yes, is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them are pretty damn funny. So uh, I, I could recommend a couple. But, uh, I think that does it for Orphan oh, First yeah. Kill. Chad, yes. is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I, I, you know, there's been so many since I've been on here. I could ramble off a whole bunch. But uh, a good one that fits in with this episode is the movie Poser um which uh, came out on digital just last month i think um great uh movie uh actually about a podcaster who um is uh gets heavily into underground music scene and i believe it's cleveland ohio um and she's you know, is, is she herself an artist and a singer or is she just a fraud? Um, and it's just a, 
a fun look at, uh, you know, basically art and I guess influence inspiration versus like fraud. And, mm. uh, it, it, it's, it's just fabulous. I, I loved it. Uh, we're getting it, a lot of podcaster movies lately. We had that vengeance with BJ Novak and like, I, I wonder if they're going to like kind of crack that and actually get some good ones. It sounds like you're saying that this one's good. I, I'm going to yeah. have to check it out. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely recommend it. And of course, don't forget Halloween, uh, with the, the podcasters that, uh, get the try, uh, big Michael I Myers. Uh... <laughs> I try to forget Halloween, Chad. I'm always trying to forget it. Um, yeah. So awesome. Uh, Chad, anything you want to plug before we, uh, get going here? Nope, I'm good. People can find me though on Twitter, Polly Staffel, Facebook, whatever, and go to the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces uh, Facebook group because it's a lot of fun. And awesome. uh, that's it. I get. I guess we'll get you back for Black Adam. Is that going to be next time? Oh yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If well, it happens this year, they, you know they don't have any money, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> They might have to do like a backyard screening of it or something. <laughs> What's good, you guys? This is Yokar Rekt here from the Podcast of Everything, a podcast that will dive into, well, everything and will teach the world about amazing things, interview amazing people, and inspire everyone. This podcast brings traditionally YouTube content to an even larger audience and puts gaming and technology and tutorials at center stage, promoting a vast variety of knowledge, including educational topics and much, much, much more. If you guys would love to check out my podcast, you guys can search me up on Spotify, the podcast of everything with your car wrecked. I would love to see you guys over here. Bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation about Orphan First Kill. Thanks to Chad Clinton Freeman for joining me on that one. And thank you to all of you for listening. If you're enjoying what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you're listening. And if there happens to be a five-star button, we'd really appreciate it if you dropped a little five-star rating, maybe a couple sentence review. It would be really nice. It definitely helps to get more people to check out the show and that's what we're here to do is to reach more and more people and we love doing this show so thank you uh for whatever it is that you're doing to help support the show you could also of course follow us on social media at piecing pod join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and i told you at the top about our produced by david rosen patreon if you really want, you could support that. Go sign up. We have a bunch of uh, advanced episodes of Piecing It Together in there right now that will eventually make their way out to the main Piecing It Together feed. But for now, you can get them exclusively on the Patreon. There's also a bonus episode of Awesome Movie Year every season and advanced and bonus and exclusive stuff from my music career. So lots of cool stuff over there. Patreon.com slash by David Rosen. Speaking of my music career... I know I've played this track before on the show, but uh, it fits so well with something like Orphan. So I'm going to play this song called Playtime that is from a uh, found footage killer doll movie called Heidi that's actually available, I think, to watch on Prime Video right now. Uh, but it's a film that doesn't have much music because it's found footage, of course, and you don't, you're not supposed to have music in a found footage movie. But uh, there's a couple of little cues that I made for it. And then for the end credits, I made this song. So uh, I also released it on Spotify as a single, 
where you can actually check out my latest single, Antiviral, along with a playlist of all my singles, the David Rosen Singles Collection over on Spotify. So check that out. But uh, right now, I hope you enjoy Playtime from the movie Heidi, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon. West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.